Welcome to the First Church Message of the Week podcast. Thanks for listening in. Do we realize that we have been chosen by God? But what have we been chosen to do? Volunteer at a feeding center. Call that person you haven't seen in church in a while. Ask the church, what do they need and how could you help? Show extra kindness to the checkout person or the person next door. Pray for God to lead you toward fruit, fruit that will last. In this week's message of the week, we are blessed with guest speaker, Bruce Bloomer. Bruce shares about his ministry in Haiti called Haiti Alive. He also challenges us to step out when we see a need and follow the prompting of the Holy Spirit to be the light the world needs. Here is the First Church message of the week. Good morning. Always good to be with you. Um, I, I really need to start with a thank you. Um, Watertown First has been a longtime partner with Haiti Alive and just so appreciative of what, what you've done over the years. Um, I was actually in Haiti at the end of January, so I want to give you a quick update. I hadn't been there in a couple of years, and Haiti's really a mess right now. Um, Port-au-Prince has, is largely, the capital city Port-au-Prince is largely controlled by gangs. So I flew into the airport and to get into a van with three heavily armed young men with automatic weapons to go to a police station in the south part of Port-au-Prince. And then I got in an armored vehicle with armed guards to go through an area that is heavily controlled by gangs. And so you have to go in an armored vehicle to get to the port. And we got to the port. It was, I actually heard gunfire and automatic weapon fire, which is gangs trying to vie for ports, parts of the port. So uh, not a real enticing time to be there. So we got to the port. We're on this 20-foot boat. We have to go 50 miles from Port-au-Prince out into the ocean where, where the island of Laganav is. Well, we got out to the open waters and we hit waves, like out of the water, bang, out of the water, bang, for about two and a half hours. And there aren't seats. You sit on six-inch boards. And so my back and tailbone are still kind of feeling the effects of that trip. But you know, I think God calls us to hard and beautiful things. So the hard part was getting there, but the beautiful part was what's going on in the island. The island of Lagadav is relatively safe, um, safe from gangs, and our ministry is really doing well. Um, the school is great. Uh, we have actually turned our clinic into a preschool and a kindergarten because we have so many kids that are that are coming to our school. So that clinic has become a kindergarten preschool. We have over 200 kids in grades kindergarten through ninth grade. We have water for the kids that we have found a, a wonderful well that we can provide water. It's, it, the school's going very well. And then we started a women's village a couple years ago. We actually have built 56 homes for women. They're, they're home safe place for women and their children. Um, it's turned into just a wonderful, beautiful community. And they have running water in their homes. They have flush toilets, which is actually unheard of in Haiti. So one of the things that you did that you may not know about is you helped us finish what we're calling the Agape Center. We needed $5,000, and I called five of our ministry partners and asked for a $1,000 gift, and Pastor Jen and your ministry team have been wonderful, and they, they agreed to that. And so the, the Agape Center is going to be is a place that's going to house some offices. One is a microloan program. So we do um, give small loans to women so they can develop a business and they can feed their own families. We have 38 women that have uh, received a loan and we have uh, people that work with them. So they needed an office. And then we have um, a, an office for Haiti Alive. So we have water and food distribution. And if you go to the next slide, you'll also see 
that's where the clinic's going to be. So the clinic is kind of those three rooms on down will be, is where the clinic will move into. And so you helped us finish that. We're moving the clinic from the school into the, the women's village. And honestly, it is really, it's turned out way better than I would ever imagined. And it is such a wonderful, safe place for women and their children. And it's really been a blessing. So thank you for your support of that and your ongoing and continued support. It's been, it's greatly appreciated. And we put your money to good use, I guarantee you. So the scripture verse this morning is John 15. It's verses 11 and 12 and 16 and 17. I have spoken these things to you that my joy might be in you and that your joy might be complete. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and appointed you to go bear fruit of such a kind that it will remain. I have done so that my Father will give you whatever you ask him in my name. These are my orders to you, that you love one another. Now, some of us are going to have to think a little bit farther back than some of the others, but I want you to imagine that it's recess time. And you're walking down the hallway and you're going to step out in the sunshine. And depending on the season, it's, it's time to pick sides for soccer or Red Rover or maybe kickball. Two of the older kids are those that think they're kind of the big shots. They're the captains. And they begin to pick sides. One after another, the sides are chosen. One after another, the kids line up behind their captains. And we wait to be chosen. Do you remember how that felt to be chosen as one of the first or maybe sometimes chosen as one of the last? You know, I think if we're honest, we may have sort of those same feelings about God, that there are times when we are on board, we're on God's team, and we're feeling good. And there are times that we feel like, is God there? Has God left me? And that we're still waiting to be chosen. We're waiting for that season when we're first in line instead of the last. You know, what's really amazing about this scripture from John is that Jesus is in his final days. He's gathered his disciples together and they're preparing them for what's to come. You know, Jesus is going to face a a long and gruesome ordeal. It's going to ultimately lead to his crucifixion and death. And what does Jesus say? Love. Be joyful. Go out and support others. Make it worthwhile. Do whatever it takes because God will support you. And again, he reminds us, just in case we forget, to love. Well, spoiler alert, God has already chosen us. Not only chosen us, but appointed us to go, to go bear fruit, fruit that will last to be joyful, and most importantly, again, he reminds us to love. I wrote a book called It's Not My Problem, or Is It? From Nudge to Nonprofit. It's an introspective look of how I felt this nudge to do something in Haiti and how that nudge grew into seeds, and seeds have now grown into fruit. But the book is also meant to be an encouragement to help us all realize that we have all been chosen We've all been chosen to step out in love to others. Between my junior and senior year of high school, I was selected to be an exchange student. My thought was, why don't I go to a country that I probably wouldn't visit during my lifetime? So I chose Ghana in Western Africa. 
I spent three months in Ghana living with a family and honestly just trying to absorb what life was like in a completely different world. There were places that I visited in Ghana that had never seen a white person before. Now, the community where I grew up was probably 99% Caucasian, but during this experience, I came to know and love people who looked very different from the people in my home community. We walked about a half a mile for water to drink and to bathe and to clean. Kind of gives you a new perspective on access to clean water. We walked almost every day to the market area to buy food because we had no refrigeration. Gives you a little bit of a new perspective on access to food. At the end of my experience, I actually contracted malaria. I was pretty sick. And seeing all these people waiting in line for hours just in hopes of seeing a doctor, well, it changes your perspective on access to health care. As an act of hospitality, I was actually brought to the front of the line, but it was a hard gift to accept because you're walking by all these others who are baking in the hot sun. You know, my experience in Ghana was hard to digest. I was a high school male, not real long on processing feelings. And you come back to friends and neighbors who were interested, but really, truly couldn't understand. I just know that I began to see the world differently. And I've come to realize that this experience changed me from the core. In the scripture today, John starts with joy. I have spoken these things to you that my joy might be in you and that your joy might be complete. You know, I think every church should put a sign above every door that says, joy can be found here. And then those of us that are inside the church need to make sure that it is, that it's a place where joy can be found and created and shared. Our relationship with Jesus is a choice. Joy is a choice. So if we accept Jesus, we're also accepting that complete joy that we can't find apart from Jesus. Our faces and our actions should reflect that relationship with Christ because we're chosen for joy. Think about some things that bring you joy. One of the things that brings me joy is riding my bike. I love being out with feeling the wind in my face and seeing the splendor of nature. I love the being away from my cell phone and the distractions of the world. Some of my best ideas and thoughts for my book happen during my bike rides. Now, simply playing a, a game on the floor with my grandkids brings me joy. I'm going to have to admit that getting to the floor has become a lot easier than getting back up off the floor. But my time with my grandkids brings me joy. Music often brings me joy. It's that right song or right performance. It strikes chords of joy. Our churches and our gatherings with others need to be times of joy. God's, or Jesus said that if my joy is in you, it is complete. Our churches and our lives should demonstrate that we are chosen for joy. Then we're commanded to love. It's not suggested. It's not if it's convenient. It's not just hanging out with those that we like. We're commanded to love one another. Now, remember that Jesus is talking to his disciples. He's reminding them to care for each other in love because there are going to be some dark and difficult days ahead to care for each other. But then take it out beyond this gathering, to 
take it out into the world because genuine love for Jesus means genuine love for others. In my book, I detail my first trips to Haiti. Haiti is such an interesting and difficult place. The book walks through the eventful trip in 2010 when I was there with the medical team during the big earthquake. But looking back now, I, I can see that my love for Laganov really started in 2011. I went back to the island by myself and I traveled to five little villages and I've interviewed honestly anybody that would talk to me. And I asked them this simple question, if we could help, what do you need? I knew deep down that it was going to be a time for me to listen and not to tell. We're pretty good at telling, aren't we? You know, you should, if you would just, you know, you could and you can fill in the blanks. They didn't need someone to tell. They needed someone who would spend the time and listen. I heard so many amazing and heartbreaking stories. I laughed every day. I cried every day. And I came away with this very clear conviction is that we just needed to do something. Now, the people on Laganov were very clear with me. They wanted help in the areas of education, health care, and making the lives better for women, children, and the elderly. And a ministry was born. That nudge to do something became a nonprofit now called Haiti Alive. You'll read in my book that the ministry hasn't always been an easy path. It hasn't always been a perfect path. But you know, I don't think that's really what God promises. I think that God promises to be alongside us on the smooth and the bumpy roads. It's a ministry that began small and it's grown when we were faithful to God and when we show joy and love to others. Recently, I was visiting with a good friend who lost her husband. Not wanting to spend another long and lonely winter in the cold, she decided to spend some time away in Arizona. She was taking a flight back for some of her grandkid events, and she was seated next to this young man. For the first hour or so of the flight, he had his head down and said nothing. In a really unexpected conversation, he asked my friend why she was going back to cold country. Well, she explained that she was going back to see her family and see her grandkids in three big events. Then she asked where he was going. He very hesitantly explained that he had moved away to escape the winters, but now his father was ill and dying of cancer. He shared the guilt that he felt that he had moved away, now that his, especially now that his dad had taken a turn. And my friend was able to share that her own husband had died of cancer and how that she feels that God wants us to use the time that we have, that regardless if his dad recovered or went on to a new life, that God wants the best for us. And wherever he was living, whether it was in Arizona or Minnesota, that God wants him to find purpose in his life and to make the most of that time that he had left with his dad. She told me that they got off the plane and she said, I, I got a hug from a perfect stranger. And he whispered in my ear, I know God put you beside me today. Well, my friend said for the first time in a long time that she felt she had purpose and that she felt she had things left to accomplish. Well, that happened because she dared to reach out and share love. Dietrich Bonhoeffer said this, we must be ready to allow ourselves to be interrupted by God. 
It doesn't have to lead to serving in another country. It can be being care for, caring for the person sitting next to you. It's being open and listening for those nudges. It's allowing those interruptions by God. Then the scripture challenges us to realize that we have been chosen by God and we have been appointed to go out and to do good. You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and appointed you to go out and bear fruit of such a kind that it will remain. I reached out to some friends and I said, what does it mean to you to be chosen? I got some interesting responses. One said, it means I see you. It means you're worthy. One said it was the most humbling of human experiences. A woman said as an adopted child, it meant to her desperately wanted, that not expected, but selected being used for a purpose. Or one said that being picked despite all of my flaws. You know, in Jesus' days, typically students would choose the rabbi, but Jesus told his students, the disciples, to follow him. The disciples weren't perfect, which shows that we too are worthy to be chosen. You know, we've already been chosen by God. We're already first in line. God sees us. God knows that we are worthy. We have been selected by God for a purpose, despite our flaws, despite our weaknesses. We have been chosen, not only chosen, but appointed to do good. We must allow ourselves to be interrupted by God. I would never have guessed our ministry would have grown into what it is today. We started with just a handful of school scholarships, and now we have a two-level school, grades K through nine, over 200 kids. So we sponsored Dr. William to start medical school, and now we have two clinics, and we've provided mobile clinics to the remote parts of Laganov. We responded to a recent earthquake, a scabies outbreak, and a couple cholera outbreaks. Our caring for women has grown into a women's village, and we have 56 homes that have been completed. We had a Christmas program with over 1,100 kids this year. We give out school supplies to the kids. We delivered to over 2,000 kids. We have, we have feeding programs for the elderly when, they're, when we're available. But you know, that's what I feel called to do. But you too are worthy. And you too have been chosen. So volunteer at a feeding center. Call that person you haven't seen in church in a while. Ask the church, what do you need? How can I help? Show some extra kindness to the checkout person or the person next door. Pray that God will lead you to fruit and fruit that will last. How much did my suggestions cost you? Nothing, but a little bit of your time and a little bit of your effort. Virginia Ramey Mollencott said this, I have come to believe prayer is finally my listening to the call of God, which has been constant, patient, and insistent on my inner being. God is reaching out to me, speaking to me. It's up to me to learn to be polite enough to pay attention. I'm reminded of an old story, and it makes me think about the people of Haiti, but it also hopefully guides you in your prayer and discernment while you're being polite enough to listen for God. One day, a farmer's donkey fell into an abandoned well. Terrified, the animal cried for hours, and the farmer was trying to figure out what to do. 
Finally, he decided the animal was old and it was going to be impossible to retrieve. He realized that he probably should fill the well in to prevent future losses, so he invited his neighbors to help him. They all grabbed shovels and they began to throw dirt into the well. At first, when the donkey realized he was being buried alive, he cried horribly. Then, to everyone's shock, the donkey quieted down. A few shovels later, the farmer looked down in the well and he was astonished at what he saw. With every shovel of dirt that hit the donkey's back, he would shake it off and step up. As the farmer and neighbors continued to throw dirt on top of the animal, he would shake it off and take a step up. Soon, everyone was amazed as the donkey stepped over the edge of the well and happily trotted off. You know, life's going to throw some dirt our way. At times, it's going to feel like we're being buried alive. But we don't give out of life's wells by getting, giving up. We shake it off and te- take that next step. You know, Haiti's not a particularly easy place to work. It, instability, turmoil, and now gang control of the capital of Port-au-Prince has made logistics near impossible. The people of Haiti have endured a seemingly unending list of catastrophes and setbacks. There are people in Haiti that endure more in one month than most of us endure during our lifetime. But as we are being, as we are listening for that call from God, as we are being polite enough to pay attention, as we are allowing ourselves to be interrupted by God, remember this. We're chosen for joy, joy that is complete due to the love of God. We are chosen to love, and then we're sent out into the world to love others. We are chosen to be partners, to represent that light of Christ as we bear fruit, fruit that will last. We are called to pray, thy will be done for others and for ourselves. And then we're open to that constant, patient, an insistent call from God. You know, it's time to line up because we have been chosen by God. Amen. Thanks for joining us for the First Church Message of the Week. To stay connected, subscribe to this podcast and follow us on Facebook. For more information like our church calendar, worship times, and upcoming events, visit our website at watertownfirst.church. This has been the First Church Message of the Week.